0: This is Transcend with Nat, where we're discovering our higher purpose and sharing stories and awarenesses along the path of transcendence. Hi, and welcome to Transcend with Nat. This is Nat, I'm your host, and today on the show, I have the utmost pleasure to be interviewing Dr. Robert Waterman. Uh, Robert has been in the spiritual work, the fields of spirituality and metaphysics for almost the half a century now, and, and possibly half a century. He is um, he is a great spiritual educator. Uh, he works with people. He's an author. Um, he is a um, master aura balancer and just truly an amazing consciousness. Uh, you can get more about him at his website, livinginthepresence.net. And uh his latest book is Eyes Made of Soul, Theory and Practice of Noetic Balancing. Um, so but before I go into playing that interview, For you, Uh, I just want to let you know of something that I'm going to be doing soon. Um, I've been really enjoying other people's offerings during this time that we're in this lockdown, uh, this worldwide quarantining situation uh, due to um, the response of, of the coronavirus. And so I've been enjoying others, and so I'm going to be putting on a free workshop, for those of you who'd like to attend, on April 24th at 2 o'clock Pacific time. And it's called How to Actually Live Your Purpose. Uh, One of the things that um, I find it's a great time right now, and I think a lot of people are looking at their lives and looking at um, really, you know, what their life is about and how to more align their work uh, with that inner purpose so they can have more enthusiasm in what they're doing. Um, and also regardless of their work and regardless of what's going on in the world, because there's so many changes, uh, which I'll be discussing with Robert um, in the interview. Um, but there's so many changes going on on our planet and having an opportunity to really tap in to, that truth inside of you to your true calling, your true purpose and having ways to live that practical ways to live more in that in your life. Um, That's really what I'm going to share with you. And it's something that I've worked on for myself and continue to work on through all of this in my life. Um, And I just want to share the tools and tips that, that have helped me, that have worked for me in that in living more in my purpose. Um, so if you want more information on that, you can go to my website, transcend.online, um, or you can email me Nat at transcend.online. And I look forward to hopefully seeing some of you out there uh, at that at that class. So without further ado, I am going to go into the interview with Robert Enjoy so welcome to the show robert i'm so grateful to have you here and to um discuss well whatever spirit has present and especially what's going on in the world today given everything that's um changing and taking place so welcome thank you for being here yeah thanks so my first question would be um there's a lot of people who are struggling with all of the changes going on uh, in the world, with the with the lockdown, the coronavirus, and all the things that um, that we're seeing right now, and the uncertainty about the future. And I would just like to uh, know your perspective on on what's going on right now. <laughs>
1: Sure, uh, <laughs> I've been spending a lot of time with this lately in the various classes I'm doing. Um, one of the ways I uh, summed it up to my uh, class at Southwestern was because it's, it's a class of ar- archetypes. So, so I looked at it like this: is a uh, you know, this is this uh, pandemic is is. Uh, you know this is how change comes into humanity it has to be challenged in a way and and even in the in, even in the uh, the history of you know the development of the organism side of us the body side of us it's always been some um some challenge that's uh brought in a new either a new perspective or a new way of doing things or even changes in the genetics or the organism itself. So I present it as, as a, as a, uh, uh, nemesis is a, um, nemesis and hubris as two archetypes. Okay. Uh, nemesis is a, is a Greek goddess whose role was to um, challenge arrogance or hubris. So any, any place that, humanity was uh arrogant um it would challenge and bring justice to and any um like ill gotten gains or ways you exploited and really didn't earn or <clears throat> deserve uh she would challenge that and so was this uh play of of uh, nemesis and hubris and so um in looking at that so how deep does arrogance go you know even the um, you know the the fear comes from a belief in you know uh body and personality and ego as being it in this world and subjected to and so that's pretty daunting and, and our, you know, that's designed to, you know, we're, that part of us is designed to uh, survive, which is good because we got to keep living long enough to get some experience. <laughs> so, so, uh, so that's the, the, uh, the ultimate hubris, any way that we have beliefs or uh, victim consciousness lack, uh, is a form of arrogance. So it's either less than or more than is arrogance. And so all that's being challenged. And so, so we see it sweeping up all the, all the inequalities in, the, in, in our system, all the lack of preparedness, all the, uh, going for profit in the moment, uh, just everything is being challenged. And, and so it's working quite well. And uh, uh, bringing attention to, uh, you know, areas of neglect where whole whole groups, uh, uh, who suffers the most from this, well, the ones where the system was less attentive to, where we as a culture or nation weren't weren't paying attention to, uh, weren't, uh, you know, we're, we're, it's, it's like the economy set up on it. You have to have a, a group of have-nots to exploit so the haves can work their system. You know, it's been this kind of way throughout history, like when the bubonic uh, plague came along and uh, kind of wiped out the laboring class, the peasants. It put pressure on the uh, have class or the elite class because they didn't have enough workers, so the workers could strike and get more money. And of course, the church and the establishment thought they were the ones being arrogant or selfish. So that's the kind of way change works because we get very, very fixed into our identity based on dealing with the, with life, the elements, the politics, the economy. And so any place we, Find identity and security in that. He has to get challenged. And of course, the shift is more into a kind of a love based orientation in which um, we're, we're secure in ourselves. And then all, all the matters of the world and economy, and that just becomes a practical issue instead of an existential one. So, so I see that kind of forcing that kind of reflection, the, the, the pandemic and the kind of ways we deal with it. And and, and and so um, you know, I, <laughs> my mind goes strange places sometimes. But there's a, uh, I was I was taking a class with uh, Vianna Steibel once, and she's a healer and this state of healing, and she was saying viruses are, are um, uh, the way she dealt with viruses. You know, you just, you just love the virus and it changes to something else. So the virus is just kind of, it's one of those creations. It's, a, it's an offshoot of human evolution, so it's just coming back to where. So when I look at the, um, what's the impact of this on people? Well, you know, like we're connecting. Like uh, I do one class where, you know, it's, it's all European people. And and it, it's it's a commonality because we're all in the same situation. We all have to limit things that we're used to, or our habits, or what makes it comfortable. Yeah. Uh, and so there's a commonality. And then people, uh, you know, they can't do their regular work, so they start serving other people, or or uh, you know, you have to be conscious of other people when you go out. How are you taking care of them by? respecting their space I mean how many times have we walked down the street and had no not only not respected other people's space but not even been conscious of it yeah. so, so everybody has to think of even the, the people that don't think you know don't they're narcissistic they have to think about other people's space yeah. so so there's this kind of love builds up and so from my perspective, What's uh, what's ba- what's going to balance the virus is all the loving, and and, and that's the cure. That's the frequency it's needed, and then it has all these subsets of, well, you know, developing a vaccine, you know, tracking disease, healing people. All those are subsets of that, because so it keeps producing this loving, and when that's sufficient, it'll start phasing phasing on to the next thing. So what you have is a, what you're left with is the uh, uh, arrogance is in rubble, and you have this the tremendous heart space. And so what do we do with that? Well, we'll see what we do with that. Yeah. Well, that's that's my take on the, <laughs> on
0: uh, the I really appreciate that perspective. And, and one thing that I was, um, just that my consciousness went to while you were talking about some of that was just how much, uh, the, this outer world, whether it's money, the economy, um, our society is really truly just a reflection of all of our inner environments and how we're, how we relate inwardly. And then as a lot of people do that, it manifests outside of us.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. So, you know, perhaps this will push us through the, there's this kind of subjecting mystical number that if we get, and John Rogers would talk about this, if everybody just coming into one accord, if a certain amount yeah. amount, it would just shift everything. Well, so the, the figure that goes around is about 10%, like, you know, from various spiritual teachers and metaphysical groups. Well, 10% would shift the planet. So I don't know whether the pandemic will force us into the ten percent or not, but that'd be cool if it did. Yeah,
0: yeah, that would <laughs>
1: yeah, just you know.
0: So one thing that you were talking about um, on a bigger level was um, neglect, and then you know how that affects. So, so my question really is, how can people? Um, do you see it as something that people can do individually, um, you know, within themselves? Is how do they deal so, with the yeah,
1: neglect? Yeah, you know, the metaphors consistent internal and external. Yeah. Uh, so, so when when you are, are conf- part of being confronted about your own arrogance is neglect of aspects of yourself. You know, you're you're what I call orphans, or those are memories you still have. They don't have loving in them you know, and how do you, how do you retrieve those, you know, the, the four-year-old back over there that decided she's unloved or he's unloved, well, you travel back and you give, bring the loving in. Yeah. Or John Rogers talks about shifting situations by going and seeing what happened, because it's all about our reaction to situations not really what happened to us. And so, you know, see it differently. See, just put the loving in there. And, and so, so this, uh, uh, this begins to resolve that, or just the belief you're unworthy or unlovable is way arrogant, and so uh, you confront that inside. And so, um, you, you know, being stuck in your house, you have time to reflect on these things. Yeah. Uh, yeah so, so it, it's 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 a, it's a reflexive relationship. So, so you, you just take that metaphor and run it inside, like uh, in uh, in this. Workshop we put together as a I am so master of my house. It, that's the point. so you, you, you claim your mastery, and then you go go clean up. You see what's in the rooms, and see what relatives you have in there, or orphans, or uh, you know uh, beliefs that are uh, depressing, or uh, favorite uh, victim stories that you hold on to so you can feel you know but justified or. Uh, little revenges that you, you know, maybe you have a little revenge in the closet, that you're uh, not, see, so you go, use that metaphor to go, you know, find all what's in the basement, what's in the attic, you know, uh, what have you stuck around? Or maybe you just haven't, uh, you know, um, disinfected it with the Holy Spirit lately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> see. nice. Uh, so it's a great it's a great metaphor for just tending the things inside. It's it's, uh, it's, it's we're, we're in this uh, you know we exist in a wholeness. So the deepest essence of it is is everything, and so in a sense, uh, you know, we're here having our experience in this body, but we're also everyone everything else having experience in their body, because there's a oneness at that point. Yeah. See, in fact. You know, we talk about sending the light, but in a sense, it's like, well, for this, and we're also our essence is in that. The the light just is. We we acknowledge the light. You see, yeah, we affirm the light. And it wakes up. So it's uh, it takes it out of the ego kind of sympathetic lack and just oh okay, this is what's your responsibility. See, it's being what's true to yourself, mean what's well, true to everybody's self. See, we're connected on that level. See, so as it reflects out through the areas of alienation and separation, see, it, out here it looks like separation. Mm-hmm. Well, why does it look that way? Well, we're separate through our connection to everything in here. Like in the Rig Veda, there's a statement about we're, we're all uh, crystals in, in an interrelated, interconnected relationship with every other crystal. With these are all human beings, and and so is that uh, that oneness. You know, and John Roger talks about this extensively.
0: Yeah, um, yeah that that really does resonate. is a is a wonderful way to to. To view it until you can experience it in a way.
1: Yeah. So you start with the you start with the image, and imagination, and that carries you into it. And and the more you practice this, the more your body gets used to allowing it. You know, it's like in the computer, what says you're going to allow this program? You click allow, and that allows it. <laughs> so so once once in your body, you can you can wake up to the experience of the movements of energy. And it's, it gets much easier to to use your your imagination to move into these states of consciousness, and then wake up there, and then then the experience of it, and that settles it. You have the you have it, and uh, then it gets uh, when you exercise, you know this chakra, the, the you can just download the knowing. And as it hits the body you have the experience of it and it becomes that if you want to you can be that humble yeah <laughs> you just have it so you know pick the frequent pick the frequency of the topic you want to know and um, it's, it's so
0: yeah that's a beautiful reminder of just moving more into that consciousness um and what do you find are the, you've done aura balancers for decades, I assume. I mean, you're, you've definitely mastered.
1: Probably close to about half a century. Wow, <laughs>
0: amazing. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I mean, I've uh, been the beneficiary of, of that, and um, it's a beautiful process. And in your experience of, of all these years, what do you find are the major blocks because I assume that in some ways those blocks can are the things that can stop us from moving more into what you just said into that activating that higher awareness
1: uh, yeah, uh, one thing about blocks you know the way uh you know all this is the the foundation of this is Phine- Phineas parker squimby's work and then mm-hmm. into into what. Dr. Hunter did and bringing that through his or balancing. So the way he viewed it was that uh, the inner Christ is, is the natural healer and it's a natural part of our consciousness and then we, we build up these belief systems. Hmm. You know, he looked at, uh, actually looked at uh, uh, I think politics and religion, medicine and religion as two of the great formations of illness because of the belief systems with yeah. the belief outside of you. So, so, uh, so what he was looking at it is, well, you have these belief systems, but then, uh, you know, and also as John Ryder said, you know, these are just stepping stones. These are just, so when you look at it that way, like the expression of, the, the Christ, the expression or soul or spirit through us, the way it moves through through us into reality. Uh, we form, we have experience and we formulate these beliefs. But every belief is on some kind of uh driver or vector or, or impulse to to realize or discover or explore something. And it just caught there because that was like a negative experiment. <laughs> Turned out badly, made up this belief to protect yourself. So all these are, every belief or judgment has, uh, caught within it, uh, both well, just the essence of spirit, because that's, that's, that's it. And, but also, uh, some soul the intention had, some intention the soul had. It's also, so it's a, it's trying to move. And, and so, Often, what we have experienced as pain is the restriction of the, of the belief or judgment, and so, so as we deconstruct that through self-forgiveness, awareness, through you know confronting it or knowledge it, or, or through some kind of confrontation in our life, that starts deconstructing the that, the code that's been the way those frequencies have been coded, and so, but with so that that uh, releases uh the those energies. So it's it's I guess we could call that a stepping stone. So so every belief is some actualization of something that uh so it's precious. It's it's an incomplete learning process. And so how's it get complete? Well what completes everything is the loving, of course. But when it opens it up it allows then the not just uh our intention or our soul impulse but the whole energies of creation and and the Holy Spirit to move through it, see? And, and so there's this uh, lifting and carrying on to a, a, a deeper consciousness. So, um, like what, you know, uh, most of the beliefs that block are from about, really block are about someone's lack. Mm-hmm. And, and so you can see that every belief that's blocking or distorting is trying to assist the person is it's, it's construction is to be proud of assisting them uh, to move into an understanding of their abundance and their, in their wealth. So it's, it's, once we get that process, so the role of the balancers is just to assist that process.
0: Yeah. So in, in a sense, you're not, as the balancer doing anything in one sense. You're just holding while the, what you're cooperating with what's the person is doing. Would you say it like that? What the the inner Christ of the person
1: is doing? Yeah, that's always a funny question because you are doing a lot of things.
0: Yeah.
1: You're paying attention, you're being present. you're allowing your, uh, but it's not doing in the sense of, it's not about you doing. Mm-hmm. So we might say that was not about you doing. It's about you being present, so it can be done, and so you're like an instrument. So yes, yeah. one of the ways Quimby looked at the, um, he, he had the, uh, he talked about science, the science of the Christ, and when when you relate in the deeper what, he was creating science with with the soul, with the Christ. So, so it's like, we're really an instrument of our soul to do things. So whatever we, so so the whole key is developing this instrument so it can serve the soul, serve the greater spirit. And, and, and so uh, you put it in service to, see, so what you do is you respond to the need of the service. And so that's what you're doing. So you're, you're it's like uh, you're doing God's will in a sense. Yeah. I, look at, I, I look at God's will as um, love will have its way. Yeah. So you're, you're in, in, in agency of love having its way. So but you, and you have to do that agency. You're not originating it from a mental ego deciding. So you have to drop certain things like. You're totally in service to help the person, but you have to, you really you have a desire to help the person to get in your own way. Mm-hmm. Or if you want to have an outcome. Yeah. But, see, uh, you get in the way. And the way you learned that you got in the way is you pick up stuff uh, and you have to clear it. So it, later on, you find out what you have to clear. And there's a certain amount of, um, Stuff you have to clear just because you put put yourself in service. It's like part of the tax, I guess. <laughs> so, but that's true of everything. Yeah. So you have to process that somehow. Well, the more you are invested in being the doer, the, the more stuff you're gonna pick up. So it modifies, you stick with it, it's gonna modify you yeah. uh, into this relationship. <laughs> So in a sense, just like, you know, the person has their high self and their ego and their basic self, in a sense, you know, you you take your ego and place it under the service of their high self. Because it's the high self's in a position to know what's needed, but also in a position that it can't inflict. So it can help help do that. So it's something about that rapport and resonance that uh you know, starts uh, for one thing lights lights things up, and that's very easy to guide the person through the places it catches. Yeah. So, so it is. There is doing in that sense.
0: Yeah it's uh, it's just an interesting thing because you're doing, but you're really cooperating while you're doing, and and it just reminds me of something that Jr. used to tell me. He'd say, you know, I know it looks like. I'm in control, but really I'm just highly
1: cooperating with what is in control. Highly cooperative. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and there's, you know, there's some aspects of that that would take a toll on him because that's the way it is. You know, you're you're in in this body and there's certain, just the physics of it is going to take a toll. Yeah. And...
0: And so, I mean, if, if someone has a, if they're, you're working with someone or teaching someone how to do the balances or do, um, do these different things that you, you're involved in the spiritual work, uh, is there a resistance, um, or a hesitancy? Is it, is it founded to have a hesitancy to move forward? because you may be picking things up um, or is that just something to expect in a way that you will pick things up as you step forward and but that's just really reflecting to you the parts of you that are not in the cooperation.
1: It sounds like a simple question but it's not. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
0: Well, I know because i it, it, from personal experience um I'm out of my some of, yet,
1: but
0: yeah, some of my hesitation was and still in some ways can be um like oh, I don't wanna like if I get involved, you know then if my ego's in it then i'll I'll pick things up so then not
1: get involved, yeah but that's good news, yeah, you get to find out where your ego's out of balance yeah see see so so um it's. One of the one of the forms of arrogance is superstition,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and so, so if you're uh, afraid of it because you'll pick things up, mm-hmm. well, you should not do balancing not because you might pick things up, because you're superstitious about picking picking things up. Yeah. So uh, the only way so. Like, um, it's the, like every the same things are true on every level so like living in this physical body probably uh, probably you at least wash your face and brush your teeth every day and maybe bathe every day mm-hmm. why do you do that because you pick stuff up yeah and you're throwing stuff off see. Uh, or you do it, dig a ditch or clean out a sewer, and you say, "Well, oh, I got sewer on me. Let me take a bath." So you pick stuff up. Do you not fix the sewer because you're afraid of the sewer? See, some people are because they think they got germs in it. So, so the, your imagination can do weird things. Well, the thing is, that's it has to become practical, so that. The fact that there is some residues you pick up, and maybe if you're unclear in an area, you'll pick up something. Or if you have too much desire, uh mm-hmm. you know the person isn't quite getting it, so you push too much. Mm-hmm. You'll pick stuff up. See but you learn about all the same, can make you sick. Yeah. See, so that's a that's a value. Uh, so the very thing you might be afraid of is actually trying to trying to serve you. But if you keep doing this stuff enough? It'll, find you like for there was a few years there where I don't ever two or three months I just get so sick uh, and have headaches and nausea feel like I was going to die mm-hmm. and then I learned ways to connect through that residue to higher energy to clear it I would pace pray <laughs> through my tongue <laughs> and that may, that may be gone for an hour or so and then it would just break, and everything would just be—I'd be in a euphoric state. See? So, so do that for a while, and God, it must have been years since I've had that kind of experience. Because, because yeah. now I finish something, I just sit back in it, and, and it starts to clear. And uh, I may have a little mild headache once in a while, but it's like that's just like a. The, the Giving me this day my daily bread. It's like it's it's such a it's so different. See, so how did that change? We just learn more about how to you clear up more stuff inside of you. There, there's more. There's less. You know, imbalance in me out collaborating with the imbalance in them uh, to have a little party. See, <laughs> <laughs> so, and there's there's less uh, insecurity inside of me. And so, after a while, you get so, you know, it's kind of like you're to be here present on the planet. It's almost like you're bilocated on the planet because you can reside in that inner soul place and in that ego place, and and the ego does what the ego does, and the soul does what the soul does, and it's all in this this unity. So more and more issues of life become practical. So yeah, it becomes practical to be present the way in the balancing where you really. Uh, facilitating from the person's viewpoint and not from your viewpoint and you're allowing so you do your 10 you do spirit does its 90 and if you start doing spirits 90 percent, you're going to pick stuff up yeah because you're both abandon yourself and you start messing around mm-hmm. so so it refines all those characteristics to where pretty soon it's like ironing clothes I means you not ironed your shirt because you might pick something up or burn yourself yeah okay. but it gets it gets to that place so so uh and one thing I've just seen a lot of people that get so superstitious about picking these th- things up they're just all they time. they're been there all day being afraid of picking stuff up or clearing stuff yeah just I mean, if you're truly living in yourself the spirit's going to clear stuff yeah. So you will be taken care of. But, but you have to grow into that place where you really uh, have that experience of all levels of you, including the level that's everything. And then it just takes care of itself.
0: Yeah, and that's, that really reflects a lot of um, my experience and, and what I saw, even with JR, that over time, it's almost like the things that would um, that he would pick up really shifted because he, some part of his consciousness, like recognized them or something. And then he just no longer was something he picked up Um, or he was able to clear it before it got into his body.
1: That's that's the best way. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but then the body will clear it if if it gets in there. Yeah, through so yeah. throwing up, being sick, having I mean, it
0: Yeah, yeah. And I've I've had those experiences and and seen those experiences yeah. as well. Um, and one thing that you uh, touched on, which um, really to me resonated, was just how you know how these principles, in a way, or these how things work whatever you want to call that laws or they work on so many levels Mm -hmm. and um what you were really as you were talking about what i would consider almost a scientific approach to spirituality um, or to life where you you are involved in something and then you're basically taking the information that you received from that experience like the negative information if you want to call it that the information that's guiding you to tell you oh your ego is tapped into this or you're not as fully in your inside of that awareness within yourself of the positive nature um, that it can be very it's just the same in business where you you put a product out and you test or uh, advertising and it's just a scientific approach so underlying What you're doing is, is in a way, it's your your testing and your create. There's a creator within you, and it's like testing what what is coming back and what's going out, um, in order to become more aware and grow, and let go of the things that aren't in line uh, with that essence.
1: Exactly, you 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 hear people that are successful uh, in business, you know, people that can take a chance, they talk about, yeah, I failed like, uh, you know, I bankrupted uh, 10 visits before I got this one that made me a billionaire. Yeah. It's like, okay, if they had their ego all wrapped up in their failure, they'd be in the poorhouse. So there's that. it's uh, it's just universally, just the, the way we're made. And so once we get onto that, uh, you know, the ego can drop into middle management and stop feeling it has to be the board of directors. Yeah, they're just really happy.
0: Yeah,
1: Your service.
0: Um. So on another note, what? Because I was thinking about you know, there's a lot of persistence that's involved in endurance in in what we're talking about. You know, it's like ten bankruptcies and they keep going to get, become the billionaire or or all these experiences spiritually that you just keep going through as you live. Um, And it just came to my consciousness to ask, uh, what was the, you know, the, the thing that got you into this direction in your life, in terms of your work, in terms of your life of the spirit in the first place. Um, Like what was that process for you? Like, how did you, find this path or if you want to call it that yeah
1: um, you know this is very this is like in the middle of it there's this thing about us that um, until we do what's us there's always some thing that's unhappy about our life we feel alienated we feel unfulfilled we feel odd we don't fit in there's always something um so there's that aspect that helps you find your way so so um um when i think back it's like i i would be aware of uh certain old feelings or sentiment inside of me that we're looking for a place to be, um, and it took and, and to sort things out because you see, see when you're when you're younger and don't don't have much experience this lifetime, everybody else is trying to be your boss. Mm-hmm. They give you this doctrine, you know, like uh, they teach you something in in, in in Sunday school about the way, the way things are. And, and uh, if you're fortunate, they won't quite resonate. <laughs> it's like they won't, I you know, maybe that's true, maybe it isn't, sort of thing. And so, so uh, uh, you begin to look at those things. Well, I started that behavior pretty young in terms of testing these things out. Like I, one of my first memories of Sunday school was uh, seeing a picture of a smiling Jesus and and that kind of did it for me, and then I go to Sunday school class and get teachings about all the ways you weren't live, you're, you're bad or sinful or shameful, and it kind of matched. The, so I was fortunate right off that there was a dissonance. So, uh, maybe you're just that's just the way it is. But but so so um, life starts leading you that way, you know, like um, reading in the Bible. Of course, first. Back when I was growing up, all I had was the Bible. Yeah. Now you got billions of books yeah. <laughs> to, to, to reflect on So, So, uh, uh, I'd read things in the Bible about what people would experience. And like Paul on the road, Paul having this experience, what he called the third third heaven. Like, well, that's kind of cool. That's kind of out of the body. And then i look at statements like, well, you know, mm-hmm. uh, You know, uh, John on the island of Patmos, would, the sky would open up. Yeah. So remember, as a as a teenager, I'd be sitting out and trying to get the, trying to get the sky to open up. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so testing these things out as techniques rather than belief systems. So, and finally, I settled on just like they had these red lettered Bibles mm-hmm. you know, of the so called stuff Jesus said. Yeah. I found it was very fruitful. Uh, I understand Thomas Jefferson did the same thing. He boiled the Bible down to like a couple pages. It was just a, the things he thought were true. So, so so, so that was early on this practical, this kind of practical experimental spirituality where what did these people do to have that experience? Because they got to, it had to be experiential. And, and, and then um, you know, um, you know, it's in this kind of a... There's the designs of our lives. You know, part of working with people is getting them first to know the car, they're, the, the vehicle they're living in and how to run it and who they are running it. And then things work out pretty well. See, <laughs> Because so, everybody has this unique little spin on on, on how they're put together for, for good reason. And, and so... Well, uh, things like, um, you know, at uh, 18 or so, yeah, 18, 19. Well, you know, life's kind of a drag here. It's boring. I think I'll join the army. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's random. So I joined the army, and, and after I finished basic training, I, I find these, I instead of getting my orders to go here or there, I got my orders to go to the Presidio Monterey, participating in this experiment and the experiment was they were trying to figure out why people went wacko when they were brainwashed in korea yeah so, so so yeah so they put us in you know they had test groups and some control groups so right away i was getting an education about the scientific approach at the same time it was a spiritual science approach you know because there was me with my ideas and feelings and and, 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 uh, viewpoints uh, but no direct experience you know like like it said in the bible the sky would open up yeah. so after I was in the cubicle that they put us in for about a day and half, the sky opened up you know I'd be in other places and other dimensions and, wow. and a lot of things and and, so, and I'd have the experience of that and my body would remember that wow. and so that, that was a shift
0: and would it, you tell the army or whoever um would you tell them the experiences you were having
1: yeah sure they just thought it was a uh, uh random uh expression of the nervous system because it didn't have the normal stimulation okay uh, so you're
0: basically in a dark box is that kind of
1: yeah a dark box it was kept at uh 98.6 degrees so you lose sense of balance physical uh, balance wow and of course it, you know it, we, and what they gave us to live off of, this was for three days, yeah. this little diet drink, Metrical, uh-huh. So in we were fasting for three days. <laughs> they, so they put me in this little box, and I fasted for three days <laughs> on top of it. So it has all these elements that people do. Um, and, and so it was, it was a very powerful experience, because where I'd been reading about, uh, you know, Intellectually, these people have an uh, appreciation for, yeah, I believe that, of experiences on these other levels. It's like, that was an experience. So yeah. it was all real. From that point on, it was just like real. Yeah. Like, all oh, the inner worlds are real. I, and, and I have to learn how to do this. But they're real. You know, so so uh, that was handled. and Then I went into a lot of other adventures. But, you know sidetracked in the went in the civil rights movement for a while this you know whatever my karma was needed to work out. Sure. Social justice, uh, a lot of different things. And finally I came back to well it's this this the spiritual transformation is the key.
0: Yeah.
1: That's why I started to notice it with you know people in the civil rights movement, the people who were leading it, they're like, was it, oh it's an internal change that's going on here. And that's the key, and and uh, it's a change in belief or the way people look at things. Um, yeah. So so uh, so that 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 was probably a, a foundational to to really going deeply into the spiritual thing. And then uh, got out of the army, did civil rights movement. Then right after. Well, this isn't the answer I'm looking for either. That I'm pretty back pretty quickly then I met John Roger and Dr. Hunter, mm-hmm. who had some degree of you know, experience to teach from. Because um, before that I just had preachers that didn't talk about of beliefs and mm-hmm. their own disturbance or what they ultra was true or the high they got off of being a preacher. You know, whatever. Yeah but these were these are real people they and they both had their own issues but uh, it, that didn't seem to to block their connection to spirit so that was good I could just be my messy self and still have God yeah. so, so I appreciated their lack of perfection so so that's that's really the launch and then I just kept pursuing that and working out different versions of it different levels of it just kept doing the next thing.
0: Yeah. that's well, it's an incredible story. Um, it really it it's a really intriguing story actually. Um, it, and what a great launch pad in a way. You know, like people do uh, their versions of fasting and vision quests and things like that. And here you went to the army and uh, ended up in a in a wow. box. Doing a fast.
1: <laughs> yeah. The other piece of that that took care of that part. The other piece of the army took care of was training my basic self so I could be focused and get things done. Yeah. Because of discipline, giving me a discipline. So so I got all, all all three selves lined up in the army.
0: That's amazing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's an amazing
0: you know, and I guess that really speaks to the the point that whatever your karma is with all of that in this lifetime. Um, you can join the Army and that can be the launching point for your life of, of spirituality. Um, and for others who have a different karma, it could be something else. Um, so yeah.
1: yeah, in some ways I was at home with the Army so I you know, was just clearing up some karma there, just finishing up. Yeah know? yeah That's I mean, amazing. a lot of career paths I could have taken, but the one I ended up where I ended up was just doing what was next.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And following, following that, that call in a way, yeah. uh, the inner call. So there's been an amazing interview and I'd, I'd like to just ask a one last question here possibly. Um, and, and that is, if you were to, um, it's, it's a little experiment I do sometimes on the show. Uh, like if you were to die and then be at your own funeral, um, and we're giving a, a a presentation, a speech to the people who showed up. Um, what would you tell them that was the lesson that life taught you? <laughs> uh,
1: to love God with all my mind, body, and spirit, and love my neighbors, myself.
0: Fantastic! <laughs> that. Truly, yeah, uh, to boil it down. I, I love that question because it just boils it all down to to the truth.
1: I kind of, one of my guiding things is a quote from John Roger about use everything to transform yourself into loving and the transformation of the world into loving will take care of, will, will, you know, will occur. Yeah. And that kind of straightened out my old social activism and my this whole impulse to, you know, be transformative in the world was oh it's all set up you know i just gotta do the behavior that allows that to be so
0: yeah that is what a great message especially for this time and with what's with what we see in the world that really it truly is about that inner transformation and that we can relax because if we do that the the world will take care of itself
1: well, and that's how we take care of the. That's how we. Yeah. So there's a bigger. We have a part in a bigger plan, and so we have to do our part of this whole. So if we don't do our part, the whole thing can't work. Yeah. So if each person really gets onto their own trajectory and does it, uh, then the then the whole gets taken care of. Yeah. Everybody does their part. That's amazing.
0: Yeah so thank you so much robert for being on the show today um so interesting so much value and it's just my heart to yours thank you so much truly
1: so my pleasure
0: so i hope you enjoyed that interview with robert Uh, i look forward to the next uh, interview the next podcast and i hope to have you all listening and uh, you can stay up to date with with those you can get on my mailing list on my website if you want to stay up to date with the latest episodes and that's transcend.online god bless you all